you know, the CEO has to be the one with um, the, the vision, the, you know, the, 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 the one that's going to walk up to the top of a hill and plant a flag and say, we're all going to march to this. Are you ready to hear business stories and learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and level up your business from awesome CEOs, entrepreneurs, and founders without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresh values your time and is ready to share with you the valuable info you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Kevin Maney of Category Design Advisors. Kevin, it's great to have you on the show. Yeah, great, Gresh. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you for taking some time out and, and hopping on. And before we jumped into the interview, I want to read a little bit more about Kevin so you can hear about all those awesome things that he's doing. And Kevin is a founding partner of Category Design Advisors and co-author of the book, The Category Design Practices Based on Play Bigger. He's been a journalist, author, and consultant in the tech space for more than three decades, author of nine books, contributor to publications ranging from Fortune to Wired to The Atlantic, and commentator on CNN, NPR, ABC, and other broadcast outlets. And why run somebody's else waste when you can run your run and create your own race? So I love everything that Kevin does because it preaches one of my absolute favorite quotes. So Kevin, great to have you on the show. Are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? Yep, I am. I'm ready to go. Awesome. Well, let's do it then. So to kind of kick everything off, I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit and hear a little bit more about your story and what led you get started with all the awesome things you're working on. Yeah, well, you know, as as you said in the opener, um, I was a, a journalist, and then as a you know, in the tech and writing about tech and society, and longtime columnist for USA Today about tech, and uh, and that led me into writing books, um, and uh, all, all the books have been having something to do with technology and business and how to run a business or the industry, whatever, all those things, and uh, and one of those books uh, came out five years ago. It was called Play Bigger. And that one um, had an enormous impact on my trajectory because, you know, I mean, I thought I was going to just continue to write more books, which I have actually. I've written two more books since that one came out. Um, but um, the uh, uh, that book proposed this concept of category design and, and it created a playbook for how to do that. And, um, and the book has been a phenomenal success, way beyond whatever I would have thought. And... Um, and not just in sales, but what happened was as the book started to get out there, um, founders and CEOs would read this and, and they'd get in touch with us and say, please help us do what you just wrote about. And uh, and so I started to get increasingly sucked into that. So now I would say, I don't know, maybe two thirds or more of what I, I do in my work um, is working with uh, leadership teams at companies to help them define a strategy around this idea of, of how do you create a new market category and uh, and define it in a way that you can you know you can own it over time, and um, that I mean that was sort of the basis of the book play bigger. But now this has grown into a whole practice, and we've learned a lot since and all of that. But it's been a, a, a just an amazing transition, and it's a blast. I have to say to do this work. Yeah, I can imagine it's, it's got to be one of the most invigorating and um, exciting things that you get to do. Obviously, being able to write that book and be able to create that framework and then have people that want to know how to implement it. I imagine that you're around so many different creative and innovative minds and people that are really like uh, putting a ding in the universe, so to speak. Well, yeah. And, and, and you know, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the side benefit of it is that I get to learn a, a lot about all these different companies that are doing fascinating new things that I never would have even conceived of. 
And, and they're, they're all in these very different spaces all over the map and ranging from consumer products to deep inside like the, you know, data center software kind of stuff. And, uh, and I get to kind of, you know, get a front row seat on all of it, which is really amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And I should say front row seat and a participant, it sounds like, from all the yeah, work well, that you yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're dragging me out into the field. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like you wrote this book, come help us uh, implement this, pretty, pretty please. And so um, I, I know you touched a little bit upon your book. I want to hear a little bit more about that. And, and could you take us through a little bit more on some of that? I think you said 60% or so of the work that you do and how you work with the clients you, you have. Yeah, well, um, so the, the um, you know, this whole idea of like, you know, category design, I mean, it's not, it's not it's not new. I mean, we, we did it, but it does make more difference now than it ever used to. So I'll, I'll tell you a very quick little story mm-hmm. of the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm sure a lot of your listeners have at some point in, in time owned a minivan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and what happened with uh, that was um, back in the 1980s, Chrysler was about to go bankrupt. And, um, and it could not possibly have made a, you know, typical kind of car and said we were making a better car than Toyota or, you know, somebody who was dominating the market at the time. So instead they looked around at, you know, demographic data and like what was going on, baby boomers were starting to move to suburbs and have kids. And, and they noticed what they perceived as a missing thing in the marketplace. And that was that if you had started to have two or three kids and, and you could either just, you could either get a station wagon, which was just a little bit of a bigger car, or you could go out and buy like a full-size van, which drove like a truck and it was too tall to fit in your garage and all. Mm-hmm. And so they they essentially created this new category of car called the minivan. Um, and, and what was interesting about that is that when Chrysler went to market with it, they marketed the category, this idea that, you know, you if you're gonna if you're gonna move out to the suburbs and have two or three kids, you need a new kind of car that doesn't exist yet. So they didn't go out and say, we built this thing called the Plymouth Voyager and it has all these features and stuff. They went out and said, you're, you're missing something if you don't have one of these things mm-hmm. and, and marketed the idea of the minivan first. And then we've got these products that solve that problem that we described you with the minivan. So um, it, it, it saves Chrysler by creating this new market. Space. By the way, 40 years later, they still own 50% of the worldwide market of minivans. So, uh-huh. you know, you create that category and you own it. It's pretty hard to dislodge you from it. But that kind of thinking is um, is what we bring to to companies is to say, um, okay, you know, you've been around three years, you've been building some, you know, successful products, but you're kind of stuck because you're um, you're trying to grab market share out of an existing space, and that's really hard to do. So, what if we looked at the marketplace you serve? Let's find that place that that open spot, like where the minivan was, would would go, right? That thing that doesn't exist yet that has to exist. Is there a is there a, a an old problem that we can solve in a in a new and better way than it's ever been solved before? For that matter, can we tell people that they have explain to people they have a problem they didn't even know they had before? Mm-hmm. Um, and and then um, by by doing that by describing that category and describing that need first, and then saying we're the ones who are going to supply that, um, it, it's a it's a sort of an inside out way to look at um, how to how to uh, spot a market and go after it. Um, but it really, as I've, as has happened, I mean, we've worked out with 40, 45 companies or something like that over these last five years. It's a, it's a really effective way for a company to, um, to, to see a strategy that can work over the long term for them and, and put some words behind it so that it's, it's well-defined and get everybody in the company behind that, um, that, you know, that North star. 
So it's, uh, you know, that's, I mean, that's sort of the, the bare essence of what the book is about and then what the practices that we've developed around it. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And, and so would you consider that to be what I like to call your secret sauce? This can be for your book, your business, or a combination of both or yourself personally. But uh, what do you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique? Is it that ability to kind of, first of all, articulate that, but also tap into that for organizations and their leaders? Well, you know, for me personally, you know, if you're asking the personal secret sauce question, um, a lot of so the, my whole this whole journalistic background is um, amazingly helpful in this whole process because of a couple of reasons. For one, so I've been writing about technology for like all these you know decades. I've seen everything. I've, I've and I've been and I write about technology history too. So um, I understand a a huge broad context that um, even if a company that we start working with is doing something that I've I am not familiar with, um, I, I will bring to the conversation a, a big historical context of what has worked and what hasn't in the past and what's out there and how, how different, I mean, I've interviewed everybody from, you know, Bill Gates to Jeff Bezos to, you know, everybody else you get to name. So even, even have some knowledge of how those people have handled these situations before that I can bring to these conversations. Um, and then just that, that journalistic training of, uh, of, of asking the right questions and listening hard to people to understand what they're saying behind what they're actually saying, mm. uh, and and then being able to put all that together, and um, because one of the one of the important deliverables that we we have is this document we call the POV, and the um, the POV is you know, maybe it's an eight hundred thousand word um, narrative story that tells the story of the category you're trying to create, and mm. puts it in words so that everybody at the company can clearly understand what that um, what that goal is. Uh, and so, you know, and I'm able to bring that writing ability to to very clearly write that. I, you know, I spent 20 years writing for USA Today, where you had to write, you know, about complex technology in a way that you know your grandmother would understand, <laughs> and that ends up being tremendously helpful in these situations. So that's, I mean, that 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 past of mine, bringing it forward into this advisory role for for startups, uh, it has been my my big you know my big advantage, my big secret sauce in this process. And so um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit, and I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book, or a habit that you have, but what's something you think makes you more effective and efficient? I, I, I do think that one of the, the things that um, has helped me a lot is, is, uh, um, is just being extremely um, organized around deadlines. And, um, and so what, when, when I take on a book, for instance, um, I've got enough experience at this point that I, I can understand what has to go into the book and the pace that things have to be written so that I meet the deadline and don't end up having to write everything in the last three weeks. <laughs> um, and uh, and I, 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 I take pieces of paper and I storyboard all, the whole thing out on a wall um, with dates about what has to be achieved. When it, so um, definitely appreciate that. And so I want to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. So this could be a word of wisdom or piece of advice. It might be something you would uh, tell your younger business self or potentially something you might tell a client as well. Yeah, you know, I, I, something when, when we scheduled this, actually, uh, something came to mind about um, that was from an older book of mine called The Two Second Advantage. Mm -hmm. And and The Two Second Advantage, the, the idea behind the book was to write about the way that um, that brain science was influencing computer science as, as people were starting to chase AI. And in fact, the way that um, the, the chase for AI, AI was influencing the way people thought about brain science. So there's a lot of brain brain science kind of things in 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 the book. 
Yeah, that, that makes so much sense. So I, I appreciate that. And so I want to ask you now my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And having interviewed, worked with, and spoken to so many, quote unquote, CEOs, I want to ask you, Kevin, what does being a CEO mean to you? Well, I'm, I'm going to play off of what we just talked about mm-hmm. and say that, um, you know, the CEO has to be the one with um, the, the vision, the, you know, the, 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 the one that's going to the, walk up to the top of a hill and plant a flag and say, we're all going to march to this. Um, you know, the, the, the best CEOs that I've run across, even at small startups, are not the ones who are going to, um, you know, get involved with a lot of the day to day and, and, and uh, you know, dig deep into the, you know, data of every financial transaction or whatever that's happening. Um, they have this big idea and they can rally people around it. It's a leadership. It really is a leadership position. And, and a bully pulpit position and and a, and um, and, an, and an image position you want the CEO to um, you know ha- create an image and a culture for the company that people feel good about and want to be a part of and and uh, you know uh, to me see a CEO a great CEO is are the people who can do those things really well and then surround themselves with great people that can do all of those other things and, and deal with the details and deal with the, the, you know, the engineering and the finances and the marketing plans and all those kinds of things. So, I mean, that's, you, you, you know, again, going back to, you really need to be a one. Yeah, I, I love that. I appreciate you, you know, expounding upon that. And I think so many times that, you know, once you have that person that is able to to chart that path to, to put that flag down, so to speak, I, there's this there's this um, interview with uh, Michael Jordan and his coach, and he said like, what did you do um, to to help Michael Jordan hit the last shot? I was like, I gave him the ball and I told everybody else to get the heck out of the way. <laughs> right. And a lot of times, as a leader, you have to do that same thing. You have to understand this is the one, and everybody else, you know, handle your what it is that you need to do and let it let's get out of his way. And I think we need to do that ourselves as leaders but also as the people that are around us as well, too, to help them to prosper and to grow in, in, the, in the places that they have. Yep. And, and, and you know, and to add to that um, right there is, is that um, the best CEOs uh, don't care who gets the credit for whatever mm-hmm. happens. And they, they want their team to uh, thrive and, and, and speak up and have the credit and, and do what they do well. Um, you know, when I see a, when I, when I go into a project, so because we, when we do these category design projects, we sit around a table with six or 10 or whatever of the leadership team. And when we go in and do one of these and the CEO is doing all the talking and everybody else is most listening, we go like, uh oh, this is a problem. There's right. real, there's, there's trouble here. If we go into a company where the CEO decides um, that, that he or she wants to be the last one speaking most of the time and, and gets everybody else to take the lead, then, then we, we go like, all right, this is the right, this is the right feeling here. Yeah, no, that speaks volumes. You definitely have that and that definitely have that collaborative environment. You can definitely hear and feel that as well, too, as you said so well. So, Kevin, truly appreciate that definition. I, of course, appreciate your time as well. What I want to do is just pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they can get a hold of you, get a copy of your books and find out about all the awesome things you're working on. Um, yeah, no, I appreciate that. We, yeah, well, you know, I mean, we uh, based on the book Play Bigger, we formed a firm called Category Design Advisors, uh, and you can find us at CategoryDesignAdvisors.com. And, and uh, you know, we, we, we love to work with companies and, and, you know, love to hear from anybody that's listening to you that is interested. And, um, and I, have a, I have a website. If you're interested in the other books that I've written, you can find them all in one place on, on KevinManey.com. And uh, yeah, I'd be, be happy to hear from any of your, any of your listeners. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, to make that even easier, we'll definitely have the links and information in the show notes. And I'll definitely reiterate it again. I say it so many times on the the podcast is why um, if you run your own race, then you'll never lose. So I appreciate (laughs) you for helping organizations, leaders, and people run their own races and find out what that is and what that looks like. So thank you so much again, Kevin. Appreciate you. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. IMCEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Get your driven CEO gear at ceogear.co. This has been the IMCEO podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.